On this episode of Satellite Superheroes, we are talking to Nitin Das and Rahul Saxena. They are co-founders of a great company called AI Dash. And we're not just stopping there. We're talking about the history of satellites. We're talking about the application of satellites today and absolutely where we're going with satellites tomorrow. So let's get going. We have Nitin Das and Rahul, okay, Saxena. Did I do it? Uh, yeah, that, that's fine. That will do. All right, listeners, in your face, I got the names right. All right, we are talking AI Dash. We are talking about satellites. We're talking about utilities. We're talking about how the use of satellite technology, AI, is, is going to significantly, if not now, significantly improve vegetation management within the utility space. And as an old crotchety, crusty journeyman utility lineman, uh, I, I love this topic. So I will be geeking out listeners because, well, it's an important topic to have. And, and I think it's going to be just absolutely transformative when it comes to managing vegetation within the utility space. I like it. It's a cool topic. All right. Before we get into that, uh, Nitin, for the listeners out there, give us a little 411, a little background on who you are and why you're such an incredible professional. And then I'll throw it to you, Rahul. Okay. Uh, so, hi, everyone. I'm Nitin. So, I'm one of the co founder and chief officer at AIDASH. So, here in AIDASH, I'm basically taking care of all the research and development over AIML solutions. I have around 18 plus of years of experience with a computer science background. and uh, for the last uh, uh, many years, I'm uh, mostly into AIML uh, technology and building solutions around that. It's uh, I have a number of conversations with AI, AI technology, ma uh, machine learning, simulations, data, and all of that stuff. And this is just this is a fascinating. Uh, and, and you're right at the cutting edge, which is very cool of uh, how you're deploying that AI platform technology in the world of uh, uh, satellites, which is and, and benefits us. And I, I'm a big fan of that. Rahul, give us a little background on who you are. Yeah. Hi, hi everyone. Uh, this is Rahul. Uh, I'm co-founder and CTO at AI Dash. So around about 20 years of experience. Uh, some of them was work uh, around building enterprise security software at RSA Security. Uh, so did a lot of I mean, uh, right from design development to management around building these softwares for large enterprises, Fortune 500 enterprises, a bit of startup experience uh, on primarily on the B2C space. So mix of, you know, uh, entrepreneurship and technical roles. Uh, so at AI Dash, I look at, you know, building all these different cool applications based on the, I mean, the cool stuff which Nitin is doing in the AI side and building the platform around that. <sighs> See, uh, listeners, this is this is going to be a great conversation, as I alluded to, just because we've got two uh, incredible professionals with mad skills in the world of technology. And and what makes it exciting for me, outside of the fact I love the utility space, the power space, the energy space, is if, uh, that I think there's a tremendous transformation that is going to have to happen within the utility world. And I think that it's wonderful that you guys are leading that that charge. Now, many of the listeners, and I am going to be candid with you, many of the listeners know of satellites. 
know of, you know, yeah, hey, I, I've got my dish and I guess I'm getting, you know, whatever the, but there's a lot more to it. If, if, if you could give us, Rahul, uh, some sort of a, uh, that historical perspective of satellites would be and sort of lay that foundation and then we're going to expand from there. Sure, sure. So uh, the first uh, artificial satellite or, you know, the era of remote sensing began with uh, this satellite called Sputnik 1, which was launched as, uh, you know, as early as 1957. So it's been, what, around 65 years since the first remote sensing satellite was launched. Uh, so that was the first satellite which could complete the orbit of Earth every 96 minutes and can transmit signals which can be received by Earth, right? That's where the remote sensing era kind of began. Uh, back almost 65 years back, uh, over a period of time, uh, you know, this space has really evolved. So it started with, let's say, a single sensor, which was more optical. And you can just see, like, you know, the camera image, what you see for your normal camera. Uh, eventually, from, let's say, 60s to 80s, uh, it started getting into multispectral, which started capturing more bands. Uh, and Nitin is an expert that can deep dive more into, you know, what those bands are. From there, we got into radio images, thermal images over next two years. And I think uh, for last couple of decades, uh, the journey has been, rather than having very large satellites, to what they call uh, nanosatellites or smaller satellites, which are very small. And rather than you know launching a very large satellite, which is very costly and takes a lot of time, you can actually have you know a very small dimensional satellite, which you can, you can launch, launch multiple of them, have a constellation of them, uh, so, so that's where the world has evolved. Uh, so just starting from, you know, is, like, uh, these ones. I, I'm, I'm writing this stuff down and I'm going nano satellites, man, a cluster. I, I'm all, I'm all, that is incredible. I didn't know. And, and it, what's interesting, uh, back to Sputnik, you know, I've read about it and all that stuff. Really the, the premise behind Sputnik as a result of just a satellite is to be able to say it's transmitting beep 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 whatever it is and we're receiving so we've just proved that we can do up here and and receive whatever that signal and that is that is a, a sort of a leap forward in uh, the advancement of technology uh, I, I, I i've got to ask and this is uh, to you nitin uh how many satellites are being launched every year right and then then can you explain for the listeners and 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 Rahul uh, mentioned it bands. I, I don't know. Uh, explain a little bit of that. Thanks. Sure, sure, uh, definitely. So uh, uh, as we have seen the uh, natural progression of the satellites, so uh, the these days the thousand new satellites launched every year, and I would like to say basically the different type of satellites, basic like uh, uh, started from Earth observation, then terrestrial, multispectral satellites are hyperspectral and multisensor satellites are there. So in the multispectral, basically there are multiple bands having different frequencies and different wavelengths. So those are called basically the red, green, blue, NIR, red edge, and SWIR, that is short wave infrared bands. And combination of these uh, bands can be used for solving different kinds of problems. So that's, that is basically the multispectral part. There are other, the different kinds of satellites called the thermal satellites. Basically, they capture the thermal signature of any object on the Earth. So that is the thermal, thermal satellite, hyperspectral satellites, are basically having more than 200 plus uh, continuous bands 
and they basically will open up a new era for basically solving different kind of pro problems which which can be solved through multispectral satellites and there is an, another kind of satellite called sar that is a synthetic aperture uh, uh, synthetic apertures uh, satellite uh, if you if you look at optical satellites the, there is a limitation they basically can't see through uh, they can't see in the night and can't see through uh, the cloud but there are synthetic aperture satellite those are called radio satellites they can see they can penetrate through the cloud and they can also see oh, objects yeah. in the night as well so these are the different kind of satellites with the with the corresponding bands of the satellites and you bring up a good point because you just said hey satellite could be this satellite could be that this is and we can see this we can see whatever it's 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 amazing technology of how does how do if if I'm a satellite person how do I manage that thousand you know new satellite inventory given what I have here, right? What what is being launched? That, that's that's to you, Nitin. How how do how do they make that determination? Or are all satellites multi capable? No, so all the satellites are not multi capable. So there are basically multiple sensors installed on some on 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 a single satellite. But for example, let's say thermal satellite. So there's a single sensor. There's a thermal sensor and a SAR satellite. There's a single SAR sensor. So yeah. So based on based on the use case, based on all other things, basically they basically installed multiple sensor or multiple camera on a single satellite. It's just going to get more and more, right? It's just, it's just, and the technology, it's just going to continue to advance. And, and just like anything else, it's definitely not static. It's a very dynamic type of environment. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about that. Me, old crotchety, crusty uh, journeyman lineman. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm all about that human inspection. I got in a truck and I went down, I looked at that tower and I climbed that tower. And then I looked at that insulator, oh, that insulator. And that was very labor intensive. Right. And so then here comes drones. Drones were like, all right, here, and I can see it and take great pictures. And then of course, LIDAR and so on. Explain to the listeners of the difference between, let's say, the drone, LIDAR, human approach versus the satellite, why that is so, I think that's transformative. Can uh, Rahul, could you sort of help that argument? Sure. Why the question? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So I think the biggest difference there uh, is in terms of sheer scale which satellite can do uh, the satellite uh, like i mentioned i mean starting from sputnik era which was covering the whole earth in 96 minutes so there's a there's a massive coverage which is happening pretty rapidly right so none of the options you mentioned like lidar whether it is fitted on a drone or a helicopter or obviously for human beings it's not possible to scale at that rapid a speed ah. right so uh so, for example, a satellite can capture very large areas, like up to, let's say, 1,000 square kilometers, which is just not possible in, you know, drones or, uh, I mean, from a human angle. Uh, so, that's that's one of the major differences. Uh, so, if you are looking at, so obviously, I mean, if you keep going a bit far from the subject, the resolution might drop a bit, but uh, it is more than compensated by the sheer scale by which, you know, you can get this imagery captured. Uh, apart from that, since satellite imagery, you know, keeps taking the image and keeps sending it to Earth, 
over a period of time, you get archivals or archives of these imagery, right? So if I'm looking at an area, I just, I'm not just getting an image as of today, right? Uh, whether it is human or drone or LIDAR, you can just capture what is there today, right? Unless you have, you have been doing this for, for a very long time. In satellite, I can actually go, go to the past and make a future prediction, right? I can see the pattern and make a prediction based on that. See, and I like that. And, and listeners, that means that, that I have a picture. Let's say I have a picture a week ago. I have a picture today. I have a picture a month ago. And, and, and Nitin, correct me if I'm wrong, through the AI capability, be able to determine, because the, the key here is, to, and I would imagine, correct me, is that, hey, I wanna, I'm a utility I have vegetation management. That is a cost to me. And I want to deploy my money efficiently. Don't go over here, go over there and be able to communicate and deliver that type of insights because you have that, those multi pictures vision of, from above. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically uh, you take pictures at multiple point of time and you can basically uh, uh, estimate the change between these two images and that that change can be translated into into a problem statement, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. As as I when I was doing uh, patrol work, uh, the the reality is this. So if there was a rain and there was a eucalyptus, I knew that that was going to grow. And so I'd have to get in the truck and get my, you know, uh, and, and go out there and cut or waste my time and go out there and say, oh, I still have clearance from whatever the power line. So or whatever it might be, it was it is and probably it, it is the ability to be able to truly deploy in, uh, my money. This is, you know, dollars and cents, my maintenance dollars in vegetation management to the right. And can I see the type of tree it is? Like the, the, the type of tree, here's eucalyptus, here's oak, here's this. And be able to also have that determination. Is that a possibility? See, you can see I can, I, I, I geek out on this stuff because I have that same problem. Can I do that? Yeah, sure. So I think no, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Rahul. Okay. Go ahead, Rahul. Uh, so I'll just give you a high level and then Nitin, maybe you can add to it. So, uh, yeah, I think there are two things here. Uh, so from Nitin's perspective, I think, yeah, I mean, it's a problem which obviously with his AL God comes, he can solve. The other angle here is it also depends upon what you are, uh, what you need from this solution, right? So if in satellite imagery, I can go back to the past. All I'm looking at is whether it's a eucalyptus tree, whether it is some other tree, what's the growth rate, what's the clearance, right? So uh, if, if uh, I'm inspecting manually, so if it is a eucalyptus tree, I understand the growth rate and can make a cycle trim prediction based on that. But if I am, you know, just having this data independent of the species of the tree, I can make a prediction independent of the species of the tree, right? Yeah. So, so knowing the species of tree becomes slightly less important. But yeah, to your point, I think Nathan, you can add more around the, you know, species. Yeah, I, I was iterating the same thing, basically. So with the current set of images, you can basically get the current uh, state of the vegetation, but you, you, you do. And with basically the historical images, you can uh, estimate the growth rate of each of the tree uh, without knowing the species. We don't require the species because we, uh, we estimated uh, the growth rate of each and every uh, uh, tree within a given area of interest. Do you, and to, this is to you, Nitin, uh, do you also in your AI solution incorporate weather 
Yes, weather is an important factor, which basically weather, soil, all these basically uh, variables are are the part of uh, of AI, AI model. It it then it dovetails nicely with the next question, and uh, this is to you, Nitin. It, it's there is a lot of chatter, a lot of discussion around disaster management. We see it, right? It just happens. It's it, it is going to uh, sadly. It will happen again this year, and we're going to have that same conversation, and it's just going to. With the, the AI uh, satellite solution, how does that help with that? How does it minimize and, and be able to sort of elevate uh, that da- disaster conversation? Sure, definitely. So I'll, I'll, I'll basically uh, give an example uh, of wildfire, how, how the satellite can be used in the wildfire. So there are three components in wildfire. The preconditioned before the wildfire, during the wildfire and the post after after the wildfire happens. So before the wildfire, the satellite data is used to identify the wildfire risk, risk zones, which can be used for hardening the infrastructures and all. So if you already know in advance what all areas are important for wildfire perspective, low, mid, high, categorize those in low, mid, high, then utilities can take appropriate actions before time to for hardening the grid and all those things during the wildfire because there's a natural calamity which can't be avoided so if the wildfire is happening the satellite data can be used for basically estimating the direction and the speed of the wildfire and then the utility can take appropriate actions uh, for example the evacuation on time so if they know the directions and all and post wildfire basically the post wildfire damage can be estimated through satellite data which can be used for restoration and many other purposes i'm having a hard time poking holes in your value proposition for utilities i mean it it makes sense so if if i'm a utility and i've had this conversation with utilities is that they they're having they're having challenges less like everybody else and the challenges is i got workforce management uh you know how do i I find the right reputable tree company to trim. And then what do I do? They're, they're, they're struggling. And, and this is a huge budget component to their business. Just is. So it's a, and, and if I, if I was a utility company, I would uh, definitely take note because I think that this, this is a, and it's only going to get better, right? It's just, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So with that, with that statement, it's only going to get better. Where do we see it going? Rahul. Sure. So I believe, uh, I think uh, one way to look at it is uh, extrapolate the history discussion we had at the beginning of you know, this conversation. Yep. So it's going to continue the same way. Uh, we had till nanosatellites. We are talking about actually Pico satellites now, which can be even smaller. So more satellites and more coverage, God, maybe so cool. niche use cases. Uh, we are also looking at, uh, as more of more of this image becomes available, I mean, there'll be some commercial satellites, there'll be some satellites launched by government. So more data becomes available, more kind of models are possible as we go along, the AI becomes better. And then, uh, as we are going forward and especially this becomes important for things like, you know, monitoring for, let's say a wildfire or a storm and those kind of things. Uh, so the time, uh, travel between you know that signal coming from space to earth there a lot of work happening on that side as well right so how to reduce that time so the moment a satellite captures 
can are there ways the signal can be captured very quickly on earth so that some action can be taken so those would be other areas which we feel there will be more advances i i like i again i i keep on stubbing my toe on the nano idea i i can i i just have to ask it Nitin, how, what's a nano sat how big is a nano satellite i mean just physically uh so basically let me let, let me just give you a complete figure so that you will basically have an understanding of yes. uh, the uh, progression in the size of the satellites so initial when the sputnik or the initial phases of satellite those satellites basically the uh, the weight of those satellites were around 100 to 500 kg a single satellite okay. then there came the micro satellites the uh, the weight got reduced to 50 to 100 kg then there came a nano satellites the weight still got reduced to less than 10 kg and there there's a newer set of satellites called the pico satellites the weight is around 100 grams to 1 kg so that is the new set of satellites <laughs> come on listeners you got to admit that that's pretty cool that's a great conversation when i was a boy i uh i was a big fan of estes rockets so i would always shoot off these rockets right Now I guess I can uh, get a Estes rocket and put one of those dog on uh, satellites if if it was powerful enough breaking the earth at uh, the pole. Oh, that is so that's exciting. And you know what else? And I I sort of dovetail. Everybody's talking about all the stuff that's in the in uh in space right now, but those those really small satellites address that. I mean, it's it's not a big clunky thing out there, right? It's they they really do. They address that. And from a cost perspective i mean I, i can throw a bunch of them in there and and zip it out there and 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 so i get greater bang for the buck for that whatever that that you know rocket and i would i would like to add one more thing so along with the basically the change in the size of the satellite there's also uh an increase in the resolution so basically initially the resolution was around 50 to 100 meters and now the resolution is basically tens i mean uh, 30 cm 20 cm and 50 cm very high resolution satellites we are getting and again at, at to rahul's uh, i mean it's going to ch- it's going to continue to be better it's just yes. it's just going to continue i don't know if i'm scared or or excited or whatever but it that's a that's a heck of a conversation all right we're going to have to wrap it up outside because i would i'd love to continue to talk about it however uh rahul How does somebody get a hold of you? Uh like email what but uh you know they they said hey Rahul spoke to my heart about satellites how do they get a hold of you? Yeah uh email works uh, I'm on LinkedIn so so in any of these medium uh, I'm available. Very good and to you Nitin how did they get a hold of you too as well? The same medium which basically Rahul mentioned. I got to tell you gents this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I know that we just uh really just scratched the surface on where what you guys are doing at AI Dash and what what's taking place and how you are I hate to say it but passionate about helping utilities and their vegetation management, leveraging the technology, leveraging satellite. Heck of a conversation. Well done to you both. I enjoyed that conversation. Thank you. All right, listeners. You're saying to yourself, Scott, I do want to go. Just go out to industrialtalk.com. You go out to industrialtalk.com, you will have both all of the contact information 
AI Dash, everything that you need to pursue additional information from these two individuals. I, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed it. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network.